Welcome to the Sons of Hanukkah White Sox podcast with your co-hosts, Drunk Shy Sox fan, and me, Hot Take Tommy. Boy, do we have an exciting episode here for you today. We've got a conversation comparing the White Sox catchers, Mr. Handsome and Welly, a Minoso Minute where we tee off on the Addison Russell controversy, and to cap it off, we discuss the possibility of bullpen days on the South Side. All brought to you by the Loop Sports and sponsored by 26 Shirts and SeatGeek. So Twitter has spoken. Twitter has spoken. The I never. We Sox never should have put it up to the Twitter gods. Oh really? Who who would have decided? It's not even. Thing? They're not gods. The the Twitter mob. The, the White Sox Twitter mob. Yeah, all. oh, it is. Not just any uh, Twitter mob. The White Sox Twitter mob. Yeah, those, those guys, who I am a part of, have no idea what's going on. They're a bunch. <laughs> it's a pack of wolves, man. As I'm cracking this, drinking this cold one right now. Oh, my God. Rub it in, man. Hey. So, for those of us th- that do not know what Tommy's talking about. Yeah. Tom, I, um, do you want Do you want to explain? Well, we had this a little a friendly wager going into the season Indeed. about our ace. True. Yes, he was. He yeah. was the ace. He was he the is ace. Slash was. Carlos Rodo. Yeah, was. He's like he might as well be dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're no good to me, dead. <laughs> uh, Carlos Rodon out out here. I, I said sub three four seven ERA. Yeah. And the season ended a little too short for him to. I didn't want to put the bad juju on him and make a uh, injury clause in the bet. <coughs> and now here we are sitting. He's at a five four ERA and out for the season. So the Twitter mob decided that I got to pay up on that bet. Six pack, baby. Bogus. Roll up in that six pack. You know what? I feel bad, Tom. But at the same time, you don't feel bad. Don't lie to me. I don't feel bad. Yeah, you don't feel like you got your smirk on right Here, now. Here's <laughs> the deal. I, there was a part of my mind, even though I, in, in my heart of hearts, I wanted him to be healthy. Right. Oh, yeah. In my heart of hearts, I was like, this is the year that Carlos Rodon will be healthy. Because he was going into the season, too. Right. And no problems in the offseason, no problems in spring training. Strong. Had some good starts, too. Great yeah, starts. Some good couple starts. great starts. And then sliders, baby sliders. <laughs> that's the problem, though. That is the problem right there. Yeah. Too many sliders, and I know that's a that's the a only pitch, pitch he threw. It's go-to pitch for him, but he's got to learn how to integrate the fastball, the change more in his uh, uh, and learn how to develop them. I feel a like the curve is even less damage on the on the arm. Depends on how you throw it. Depends on how you throw it because the curve you're gonna Look get at major the flick of the wrist. wrist problems, major <laughs> wrist problems. So that's why I wanted to, in little league to throw a slider instead of a curve. Yeah, well, throw it like football. You know what I learned in in little league? Be scared of the ball. Yeah, I got clocked by my coach twice, once in the head, and then once we switched to kid pitch, got clocked in the leg, and then my dad wanted to make me feel strong. So he said, look, you can see the stitches of the ball in your leg. I was like, nope. That freaked you out, huh? <laughs> oh, come on. You're a tough guy. It should make you tough. Nah. Nah. So nah. All, that, all that being said, yeah. No. I One time in Little League, though, I took a fly ball to my nuts. 
I don't know how that happened. <laughs> you got about, your, think about you the got your body behind that ball. <laughs> think about the trajectory of that ball, right? <laughs> Pop fly, right? And somehow it ended up hitting him in the nuts. <laughs> Dude, you go balls to the wall. No pun intended, right? <laughs> oh, it was intended. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, what six pack are you buying me, Tom? Well, is it cheap to say I've got a I got a six pack in the fridge I haven't touched yet? Six Oscar pack of Oscar Blues, yel- little yellow plit, y- little yellow pills, little yellow pills. Yeah, that's what it is. Oscar Blues, little yellow pills. Those those that was part of your discount beer. Wasn't yeah, it, it, was, you got a it was like, I want to say four bucks. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, hit up your neighborhood jewel when they do half off craft beers, because that'll happen. Even in Lakeview, where Tom lives. Yeah, I think it's because it's in Lakeview. I don't know. They probably stocked up on all the craft beer and overestimated how much the people are making down here. <laughs> Over Overestimated how many people buy craft beer and underestimated how many buy PBR. Yep, exactly. We're not in Logan Square, though. That's the true PBR city, right? E- true PBR neighborhood yeah, right there for real. in the city. Old so style. Shall we uh, hop in? Yeah, let's do it. of may it is uh quarter to nine p.m so we've already we already know that the game against cleveland on may 14th we already know this happened manny benuelos letting us down again yeah shoulder soreness probably because he was trying to throw the game no (laughs) that was good that was a nice dad (laughs) joke right there tom why thank you you're getting ready why thank you yes do you Um, have other news that you need to tell us well, the only news I have to say is we suck so much during the day. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Why? Like, I was trying to figure out, like, how come this team is so inconsistent that I'm looking at the games that we win versus the games that we lose. And we are 7-16 and 16 in day games. 7-16 and 16 in day games. Tom. You got to be bleeping me. That's, there's a little hawk right there. Yeah, it's it's just rolling off. No, my it's tongue that's right terrible. That is literally terrible. What to put that in perspective? That's that's more than two losses for every win. Oh yeah, it's more than two losses for every win. And I know that, you know, hopefully this plays into our favor later on in the year because there's more night games. Yep. Especially at home for the White Sox. Yep. Going into the rest of the schedule than day games because the April and May day game thing is just a big thing in MLB baseball this year and it's I think it's terrible for the sport to be honest with you. Yes. I mean nobody's who actually has uh, especially a lot of people who watch baseball. How many people are actually going to have the time to sit down at 1 p.m. and watch baseball games? Yeah, nobody. Or even go out of their way if they like oh, have a day off. And speaking of my the stat that I pulled, that's games that start before 4:10. PM. Games that, that start before so like games that started at three. There we had a, like three or four yeah. of those. I counted those as day games because you're done before s- like before eight o'clock. So you're telling me the White Sox have the Jose Quintana effect going on right now? They absolutely do. They hundred percent do. The guy can't pitch during the day. We can't play during the day. That's yeah. That's a hundred percent what's happening. So it is garbage. You have any? Do you think there's any reasons behind that, Tom? I think it's 
You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, Ricky Renteria's routine for the team must be different day versus night. Oh, 100%. Or maybe he's keeping it exactly the same, and that's the issue. And I don't know. And player routine. I'm sure player routines are a lot different. Yeah, but as a coach, you should be – as a manager, you should be watching your player routines, and if there's something wonky about them, or they're just going through the motions, or but maybe even, they're not morning. Get them coffee. Even, even things as like the time you're waking up or the time you're having a meal or mm-hmm. things of that <coughs> sort. Right. Right? All of that, like, is – is different for a day game than it is for a night game. It's just bad juju and all around. In addition to that, and, and this isn't like when I bring up Quintana, uh-huh. I, I think this also plays into the culture of, of the team um, and their backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that doesn't get – that I heard got brought up with Quintana, and I thought this was really fascinating, is that the reason why he pitches better in night games is because of like his culture, because of – like. The culture he grew up in. That is interesting. Like how you're not like expected to necessarily perform at peak level at that part of the day at one o'clock in the afternoon, whereas in comparison, American culture, nighttime especially. Oh, I see where you're going. Like in other cultures, you you know you're alive, you're awake. Seven o'clock is like you know that's prime time. Like you're ready to go. Yeah. So, and you think about the makeup of the White Sox team right now, and you have a lot of Latino players. Yes, you do. So, I wonder if that's really actually playing an effect and a negative effect into why the White Sox aren't playing as well in day games as in night games. And that being said, and we're not trying to say, let's draft a bunch of white guys. No, no, no and that's <laughs> not what I'm saying at all either. But I think it's really it's in, it's an interesting factor to think about. It's not something you can necessarily – I mean, that would be a really interesting thing to look up with statistics if you'd ever do that. Yeah. Um, how maybe Latino players play um, before, you know, in afternoon games in yeah. comparison to evening games. That's but a, it's, it it's would a be fascinating. fascinating thing to think about. Yeah. Um, I would say we need a sponsor, though, for the White Sox. And I think they already do sponsor them. Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. They they sponsor – they're at the games. They're giving out iced coffees if you win, uh, get a run in the fourth. But what they really need to do is if they lose the day game prior, the next day game, Dunkin' should give them, like, one of those big boxes of coffee. Oh, I like that. I like that. You're going to be the new promotional guy. Yeah, I'll be the promotional guy for the White Sox. There we go. Be like, oh, last day game we lost, so we need to get these guys going. So whoever's making those decisions in the front office, (laughs) we've got Hot Take Tommy here that would love to take a job here for you as your your promo guy for the team. Hey, I'd be like a five-war promo guy. Speaking of promos, Tom, (laughs) five-war promo guy. If you can measure (laughs) wins above replacement in promotions. Speaking of promotions, what do you think of the White Sox promotion schedule this year so far? This is a little off topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. um, If you want to vibe with that. I do. I vibe very well. The one promo that I really want was a game that was postponed. Were you going to go to that game? (coughs) I was unable to attend that game. The The Silver Slugger. Uh, Jose Abreu bobblehead. Yeah, you had worked that day anyway. I'd worked that day. Go. So I'm I actually had tickets to that game. Yeah, I know you did. So <laughs> still looking to sell two. Exactly. Somebody's interested in first row tickets on the right outside the bags. 
See, I'd buy them from you, but I know I can get them cheaper elsewhere. I'm not helping you sell these tickets of right course now. I'm not. sorry. Thanks, bud. I appreciate I it. <laughs> hey, those are great tickets, though. If you somebody guys actually wants to sit in their actual seats for the game, unlike things that yes. Tommy and I do and on you, a normal basis. Yes, you could walk up with Steve's tickets. You could walk up to somebody and say, get out of my seats. That's true. And it's they're good seats. They're very good seats. Right outside first base, say hi to Daryl Boston for me if somebody listening to this podcast actually buys those tickets. Hey, Debo! That's true. Tradition. <laughs> so, all that being said, rest of promotion schedule. Uh, so I'm I'm vibing with the Jose Abreu Silver Slugger bobblehead, big time. Got to get to that game, July third. I'm gonna be there. I, I hope. I think they're gonna do the celebration for him getting the Silver Slugger too. I like that, that they day. did that, but at the same time, his statistics were terrible last year. He the fact that he won the Silver Slugger at first base in the AL, but and his statistics were that poor. I think they were looking at like. Tom, no career stats when they w- uh, when they when give they out these give awards the when they give out gotcha. these well no when they give out these awards silver slugger awards is silver that what slugger is a year by year award I know but I think like it's like the Academy Awards it's not his first silver slugger no that's the thing too and I didn't get anything from his last silver slugger award I think they did give something out I'm sure the following year whatever that was well you have the blanket yeah but that's the rookie of the year blanket that's true which I bring to every game. And every time he hits a dinger, I whip it out and That's wave true. it around like a flag. Yeah. But, um, okay, what else? Did I, I am okay with the um, – What do you think of Cinco de Mayo one? I was just about to say that. The the Cinco de Mayo uh, soccer jersey. That's what I was trying to say. It's weird. To I, um, I think the one last year was nicer. I was looking at people walking around with him in the park. So the yeah. quality looks like it went down. Last year's it did. The quality did go down a little bit from what I saw. The jersey last year was decent quality. It's they modeled it like off of the Mexican soccer flag. Yeah. Like the Mexican <laughs> soccer team jersey. This year they modeled it kind of off of the American one, but it's also more the eighty three logo yeah. with the socks. Yeah, so across, it, it almost like to me. It I, in theory, that would have worked better, but in practice, it it looked. And then the quality went down too. This is the thing. Like it looked. I saw a guy walking around with it, and maybe he just got too big of a size, but it was baggy, and like the the V part of the yeah, V neck was way size. too low. That's the big thing too. It was yeah. It was it they was they not looking good. They have like the sizes stacked up, and they like two and they just like here you go, you. here you go. Oh, you look like a medium here. You look like a XL. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. I we showed up so freaking late to that game. We literally were buying our tickets at thirty like or something the, as the top of the first was going on. Oh so man, um, yeah. yeah. I've, I've done That's what happens when you get wetter than wet, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so that game, that game giveaway was good. I'm really di- digging the uh, the pin, the deal do. Dia de los Muertos pin that they got going for this month, though. Oh, really? They're doing that for this month? Yeah, I, I gotta. You gotta get up to like the Revolution Tap Room and get one, though. You have to like go up there because I know we were we there. Might be out. We or were there yesterday, and they did the Game of Thrones pin. Yes, I didn't. I didn't. That was just specifically for last night. They were giving out capes, pins, hats, and scrubs at last game. Yeah, it's um. They've been apparently the pin collection's been pretty cool. My Sox Center's been. Talking yeah. it up a lot on yeah. Twitter, so I pin was just game strong. Apparently. My my barber today was talking about he, how he um, at Surge Chops on Instagram. He's a good guy. He's got a he's got a great thing going for him. Um, but he got the Dio de los Muertos pin and was bragging on it 
He was like, yeah, it's even got like two pin like things that you, on the back that you can act. It's sturdy, like it's not going anywhere on your cap and stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, yeah, it's a nice pin. There you go. Um, so, things that I'm not digging the Hawaiian shirt this year. I'm usually want one. I'm usually game for the Hawaiian shirts, but this year I don't like the design they have. There's like it's too many pennants and pinwheels. And not the worst in my opinion um i do not own a white Sox hawaiian shirt so if i am at that game i can't remember what exactly which one it is but yeah if i am at that game or if i can get my hands on one i might i might snag it Definitely. so is is that you yeah my phone's going Turn off i'm popular hold on man oh my god <laughs> the sons of honarchy is excited to partner with 26 shirts again for the month of may 26 Shirts sells cool t-shirts backed by an even cooler mission, helping people in need. Every two weeks, they offer an exclusive t-shirt for $25, and a portion of the proceeds from each sale goes to help a person or family in need or an organization heavily involved in community outreach. The artists who provide the designs receive a percentage of the profit, a life is impacted, and you get a limited edition sports-themed t-shirt that will go in the 26 Shirts vault, never to be printed again. Portions of the proceeds from these sales Go to help a person in serious financial assistance due to overwhelming medical bills. You can read more about this particular cause on the TLS website. Thank you, 26 Shirts, for sponsoring this podcast for the month of May. Go to 26shirts.com to order your shirt and help a worthy cause. Freddie Galvis, doubles in the top of the first. Randall Grichuk. Scores the Blue Jays extend their lead don't over the Giants two zero. How I feel about Randall Grichuk. Yeah, no, we don't like Randall Grichuk in this in this podcast. No, did I tell you about the post report that I want to make? Yeah, when the when the Jays come to town, and this you should care about that that update I just got because it is the Blue Jays we're facing, who we just faced, and we're about to face again. Ugh. All so that being said, I'm very much looking forward to possibly making a poster for that game. I'm gonna have to whip something up quick, but. For those of you that don't know, I'm hoping to go to at least one of the Blue Jay games this weekend. Yes. And the plan is I'm going to make a big poster board to make, like a big foam board, and it's going to be a knockoff of, um, what's the Tom Hanks baseball movie? League of Their Own. League of Their Own. League of Their Own. And there's no crying the in big line, there's no crying in baseball, but it's going to say there's no fun in baseball, and it's going <laughs> to be Randall Gerchuk's face plastered over Tom Hanks's face. And you're doing this because? Because of the Tim Anderson bat flip. Everybody knows about the tweet in Randall Gerchuk and how there's no fun allowed in baseball. Yeah, and that guy went after Tim Anderson for it. And it was just so, just a shot below the belt it, from coming from somebody who's like bogus AF anyway. He can stick with the, you know, 50-plus-year-old MLB <laughs> analysts and former <laughs> players that are butthurt every time Tim Anderson, you know, flips his bat or celebrates a home run because yeah. celebrating's not allowed. I, I like, I'm with Tim Anderson on it, obviously. Yeah. I'm with Tyler Johnson on it. We should start bat flipping singles and walks. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because it's like, oh, Tim Anderson did, like, bat flip a walk uh, at the beginning of last season. Oh, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, was bat flipping. Well, Lurie did it this year. It was really Oh, funny. that was so funny. Lurie bat flipped a walk. That was lovely. Oh, God. I understand the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The honor in being humble. 
Uh, but celebrating but has nothing time, to do with being humble. Correct. I 100% agree. I 100% if agree. you are beating your chest and rallying your team and shouting at the other team, being like, come at me, there's like, there you can be humble and do that. It's being a beast on the court and then off the court, you're a different guy. 100%. It's a big difference. Don't you want that? There's See, a big the difference thing. between, yeah. I'm going to shout out to Keith Bakken right now, my pops. Every time we saw uh, end zone celebrations in football, he'd be like, why can't they just be like Walter Payton? Just put the ball down and act like you've been there. I don't want you to act like you've been there. I want to have fun with you in that moment. Because I watch these highlights of Walter Payton putting the ball down and running back to the line of scrimmage. That's a huge generational difference, man. I love what that love is that you brought up. That's boring. A boring. I 100% I, agree with you. But how do I? How can I be on the couch leaping, leaping out of my seat, getting excited, and the guy on the field? I'm sure if you asked just putting my the dad ball down. the same exact thing, he would say that guys should be more tame with their celebrations because I, I'm sure that I. You you saw that Tim Anderson clip right where he the the biggest alley oop yes, video yes yes so funny where which he switched guy, his walk up song to the biggest, biggest alley oop very by, good by Quavo great song so all that being said he there was the one analyst on MLB Network that was like oh you know if my son you know flipped this bat like Tim yeah. Anderson I'd drive him home. Like yeah, he was going in and at him. And then we got people like Ryan Ferrucci on Twitter, who I, I I'm somewhere in the I'm somewhere in the middle, but I obviously lean more toward Ferrucci here. Um, in saying that, he said something along the lines of, "If my son hit the ball as hard and far as Tim Anderson did." Uh, he could do whatever the hell he wants on the diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not to that extreme, but at the same time, I, I, yeah, he's doing this to get his team hyped up. He's doing this to, you know, get his team revved up, to get his fans revved up, to show energy. Yeah. Because I think baseball needs more energy, and I think it's, I think over the last few years, it's actually starting to get that energy, which is great. Yes, and especially one thing that we were talking about just a moment ago was momentum. And how this team needs it and lives off of it. Because when the bats don't show up, the bats do not show up. Right. And then when the bats show up, we got a five-run ball club. We got a six-run, seven-run ball club. That's all momentum base, right? Like, you see the hit parade going, and you're like, your adrenaline gets pumping, and you're ready to show up for your team. You find the right pitch, and you club it into center field. Or get it over the fence, you know? That's what that one inning against uh, Aaron Sanchez did for us up in Toronto. Right. We had a man on. Uh, Jose hits him home with a dinger. Two men on. Tim Anderson hits a just crushes one to center field. Yep. You got a five-run inning right there. For sure. And, and the, the only offense that they had that game, too. Yes, and that wins you the game. Right. That's all momentum. And if you're sitting there – Walking into the end zone, putting the ball down, and running back to the line of scrimmage. You're not getting anybody excited. Nobody. How are you going to build momentum off of that? All right, so segment that we like to do on this podcast is the Minoso Minute. It's where we take a minute 
to talk about baseball outside the lines. Yep, an issue that is non-statistics, non-game related, but something that is the bigger picture. Yes, and obviously it is in reference to our number nine, Mr. White Sox, Minnie Minoso. And he's a big deal. Big deal. First Latino player. Exactly. Breaking the color barrier for Latino players in the MLB for the Chicago White Sox. Baseball would not be what it is today without that man. And we're just going to jump into it. We're going to do our Minoso Minute today as a conversation. So I'm over here. Hot Take Tommy. I'm going to let you know the Cubs have done the wrong thing again. And they're going to do it. Ag- they're going to continue to do it by putting this man, Addison Russell, in a major league uniform. Disservice to MLB baseball or major leagues baseball. You know, the problem is you when it I get so frustrated when I'm talking about this. I'm sorry, but you are looking at a man that is setting an example for all of Chicago. Whether you like it or not, you are put on a pedestal. You are in a place where people are observing what you're doing outside of baseball activities. And whatever you do, you are having kids look up to you. So if you make mistakes like this, there should be zero tolerance. You are DFA'd, let go, not accepted and back into baseball. That's just got to be it. Absolutely. You look at specific situations, and this is this is the problem with the decision that I have, especially in regards to the Cubs. Um, I mean, we look at other sports, and we look at National Football League, right? Yeah. We look at a player like Ray Rice. We look at a player like Kareem Hunt, right? Yeah. These are players that are not getting signed to other professional organizations. Because the NFL, I- I- as much as people crap on the NFL, um, they have taken a very strong policy against domestic violence and relationship abuse, right? But with that being said, we have organizations such as our Chicago Cubs that in Chicago here that are right down the road from where we're recording this podcast right now, uh, where Addison Russell is, yes, he's been given a, susp- uh, a partial suspension by Major League Baseball, but with that being said, the Cubs are what letting him back into the organization. Yeah, and as much as the NFL has done a decent job of it, Kareem Hunt has actually been signed by the Cleveland Browns. So right, but with it, there's going to they're going to receive major flack for it. Yeah, and they already have, and they will continue to do so from over here in the peanut gallery. But it just blows me away that they try to make excuses for this. They're saying, oh. At least Theo Epstein goes on talk radio and and so on six seventy to score and and t- talks to these hosts and says, you know, we're doing this because we care about Addison Russell and his uh, significant other. I don't actually know her name, yeah. but we're trying to take care of them because zero tolerance has showed in the past that it has very little effect on the players. So we're trying to do conditional second chances. And you know what? That's a crock of BS if I've ever heard it. What th- what really is happening is they've invested a ton of money in this person as a baseball product, and if they threw him out the back door, they'd be losing millions, and they know this, and they refuse to do so because even if it is the right thing to do, which it is the right thing to do, they should not have promoted him. They shouldn't have brought him back. They shouldn't have promoted him, and he should be sent back 
to whatever hellhole he came from because he's not even a good teammate. This is what drives me up a wall. He's not a good teammate. It's like his whole life is just a, a crapshoot, and he doesn't care enough to change it. So what you do with people like this is you either you fire them to get them out of your organization, and that is a wake-up call for them, and you hope that that changes who they are. But when it comes down to it, he's a man. He's his own man that needs to take care of himself, not deal with not be put on a pedestal for children to look up to and wear his jersey to games. That's garbage. No. And in addition to that, too, um, I have Cubs ownership to once again point out, as we have pointed out, I, I, we have gone on blast to them already yep. in this podcast before. Uh, the fact that they have already come out with a statement and NBC has already made a statement in regards to this about how the Ricketts family and how the Cubs organization – is going to do everything in their power to shut down negative media around Addison Russell. It's just a total violation of what American principles are in regards to freedom of speech, which yes. absolutely kills me, uh, and the freedom of press. So, yes, you are going to have people that are critical of your moves as an organization to the Chicago Cubs here and what they're doing with Addison Russell. And trust me, you have two people here on the mic right now that are extremely critical of this. With that being said, you cannot, the media is going to say what they're going to say, and the fact that you are going to stand up for somebody that was a domestic abuser, somebody that has already been punished by Major League Baseball, and you're still going to invest your time and your efforts and your money into a person like that, that's the wrong move. And we're calling out the Chicago Cubs on that front. Yeah, and we will continue to do so because it's not just like he was a one-time offender. The man had a track record of being a horrible, horrible human being. And yet he's standing out like three blocks from where we stand right now in, in second base trying to bring back a career that went down into the crapshoot. It's just horrible horrible situation for chicago and all of chicago sports it literally drives me insane every time i think about it yeah and it's once again it's very easy i think especially for us as it is a little bit of biased white Sox fans to sit on the mic and say boo cubs boo addison russell boo everything but i just want to give also a quick shout out to every cubs fan that was at that fir that first addison russell game back and booed wildly yeah booed loudly at Addison Russell, booed loudly at the organization uh, for the decision to keep him in the organization, to treat him well through AAA, and to get him back on the major league level playing. So kudos to you fans for voicing your opinion and standing up and believing for what is right outside of it. SeatGeek is a ticket search engine that never loses sight of the fan experience. Simply go to their website, type in the name of a team, and choose the date you're looking to attend. SeatGeek will present you with a graphic chart of the stadium where you can then choose your seats and tickets based on a score system that determines the best value. If you've never used SeatGeek before, we've partnered with them to give you a great deal. Apply the coupon code THELOOPSPORTS at checkout to take $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. A $50 night for two at the ballpark becomes just $30, or a $23 trip by yourself turns into three with the coupon co code 
the loop sports you have no excuse not to go and root for your favorite team just apply the code the loop sports at checkout and have a great time on if you follow us on twitter which you should you really should. I am at Hot Take Tommy. And this is Steve O. And you'll follow me at Drunk Shy Socks Fan. So, Drunk Shy Socks Fan. Pretty easy. Yes. But if you follow us. Oh, and by the way, I'm at Hot Take Tommy, and that's H A W T, not H O T. Um, but if you follow us on Twitter for the third time, you will know that I am. Uh, you're a Wellington Castillo fanboy. <laughs> we have anybody who's been listening to this podcast from day one or has hopped in at any point. Yep. Basically any point. I think maybe there's uh this is our ninth episode. Yep. Yeah. And this is Pretty I think every episode, digits. maybe except for wool, the last one and maybe another one, you've you've mentioned Wellington Castillo on every single episode. Yep. Um, <laughs> mind you, there are countless references on both of our Twitters and the Sons of Honarchy page. Yes. You can obviously follow our Twitter at Sons of Honarchy, Han, H-A-H-N-Archy, um, on Twitter. But, but the point of this is to say I am over here with the Welly bandwagon. Are you – here's my question. Are you still on this? I – I mean, it's becoming harder and harder because, let's be real, the stats don't lie. The stats do not lie at all, period. And trust me, yeah. I was going to let you ride out your Wowie bandwagon for a little while. Right. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Handsome, yes. James McCann, comes out of the night it, like like a knight in shining armor and is raking the freaking ball. Yeah, he's, he's killing it. And... I he's almost a one and a half war player. At I this will. Point. I'll. I'll still Already. say it though. I'll still say it. Like, I see James McCann at the plate, and I just see a tiger. I just do. What is that garbage? I. I what the I hell? I can't is get that? over it. I don't know, man. But it's it's slowly starting to dwindle. By the end of by by uh, I'm gonna say the beginning of June, I'll see James McCann at the oh plate, and I'll think God. he's a White Sox. But for now, I don't know what it is. I cannot get it out of my mind. That he's because maybe I just hate the Tigers that much. Can you fault me for that? You gotta cut it with this. Uh, all I see is a tiger stuff. I because I'm just being real about my emotions. I would kill to have <laughs> Nick Castellanos on this White Sox lineup. As would I. But I still think it would take me a season or a half a season to get him out of my mind as a tiger. Oh my gosh. I just I don't like the Tigers, man. So all that being I said, I don't like them. <laughs> You're 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 starting to phase out of your Wellington Castillo, even though I we saw him play a good game yes, on Monday. And he and this is the thing that like it's so it's really streaky. it's the balance between he's an impact player or he's uh just he's a an guy. impact player in two ways. Hold on, hold on. In two ways. No, I know where you're going, but let me finish. Let me finish. It's the balance between him being an impact player some games and just the stats not showing the consistency. No, no, no. By Im he is an impact player. He's an impact player almost every game he's on the I field. Exactly. He I positively impacts your team by like the game that we saw him. Mean, he hits a bomb as well as a, a gapper. No, no, no. It was a it was a ground rule double. Ground rule yeah. double gapper. Um, 
and called a heck of a game because and he got Reynaldo all the way. Oh yeah, and he, and he caught a good game for Reynaldo, right? So he has those games where he calls, you know, Reynaldo or uh, Ivan Nova well. Mm -hmm. But then you have games where he is absolutely abysmal behind the plate or calls a terrible game for Giolito. Oh, and, and those are also the games where he's 1 for 4 or 0 for 4 at the plate. And it's just yeah. absolutely abysmal when you have a guy And like then he'll throw James a ball McCann. into center field. Exactly. And then you have a guy like James McCann who has been really solid defensively, is a way better pitch framer. I'm yes, not sure. you're right. Um, a perfect example of him pitch framing is when we were doing the live stream yeah. at Shinix. His pitch framing that game was insane. I wish I would have commented on it. I mean, it. he it stole a so lot of good. strikes for him. Yeah. In addition to that, too, raking the crap out of the ball. Like I said, he's a 1.4 war player right now, last time I checked. Well, the man in the month of May was is been – wait, not even. in the Yeah, no, in the month of May, I think he's hitting like 400 plus. Yeah. Yeah, he's – it's insane. It, nobody would have expected this out of James McCann, I don't think. No I mean, one. There's some people who are like, oh, yeah, he might be a good addition. Da, 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 da. Nobody would have thought Let this. me put it this way. You said that was at the beginning. It's on this podcast. We can look for it. You called out the the front office saying this was the worst signing. I did. You can bring it up. There you go. But that goes to show you, like, no one saw this coming. Thank God it did. Yeah. I mean, we'd be screwed again. We would honestly probably be forcing Collins up. Yeah. At this point, absolutely. If if McCann was playing below well, par. If his, well, if his OPS numbers or just offensive numbers in general were what they were last year. Yeah. His OBP was, I, if I'm not mistaken, I could stack check this later, but his OBP was like under, if I'm not mistaken, it was under three. Here's the point. Like his, he was not an impressive offensive player at all. And his, when we know this, yeah. And his OPS plus was like fifty six or fifty eight. It's terrible. He just has never been an offensive presence. And now you know, like put him in black, and now he's great. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Maybe he just feels like Mr. Handsome because he is. Are you gonna join the hashtag boycott boycott beef movement? <sighs> I mean, you saw that game. That was a beautiful well, home I don't run understand why he does this to me. A great gapper. Wellington Castillo. Ground rule double. Plays with my emotions. Too much. <laughs> he plays with my emotions too much. I mean, and I there are the intangibles of him being a Spanish speaking catcher. I know like this is like you can't calculate that at all. But he's got that going for him in terms of Ivan Nova and Ronaldo Lopez and Ricky Renteria. And he's also speaking over there and giving hitting tips, which why is he giving hitting tips? That's a horrible idea. But it actually did help Jose Abreu. There's an article out there by Scott Merkin. You can look for it. Look for good pitches. That's so. Hey, Jose Abreu said it helped him. Maybe he's just trying to keep his his brother his his brother's exactly. job, but <laughs> I mean he's looking out for a homie. Yeah, which is I mean I don't I don't hate him for trying to do that, but he said he broke Jose Abreu's slump because Dominicans and Cubans usually don't get well get no they together don't. well. But so uh, hey, when in way to break when the in Rome, when in Chicago, that's. Nobody it's also that. usually <laughs> not true between Dominicans and Cubans. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but 
anyway, I'm not ready to say that he's not an impact player, but when you're looking at Mr. Handsome versus Beef versus Welly, it's getting tougher and tougher to make excuses putting Castillo in the lineup. But you can't have a one catcher. No, you can't have a catcher play every game. Yeah. No, for it's sure. just not possible. 100%. So having um, the availability to not have uh, Wellington Castillo DH is great. So because they were doing that earlier in the season. Do you remember those lineups? Because yeah, no, I do. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Jesus Lord Almighty. And I'm glad that, you know, McCann has stepped up to the plate so that that doesn't have to be reality. Yes. So with that being said, Tom, um, I know I went out on Twitter. This I've done it a couple of times now. I think I did it f- the first time I did it like a month ago. And the second time I did it was maybe like a week and a half ago. But I said, Zach Collins up by All-Star break. Or do you think that's a possibility? Slash, do you think they would DFA Welly? Especially if. I mean, no. yes, he has these breakout games, but I th- I the numbers don't lie. It's terrible. Unless if the wheels completely fall off, I don't see them moving Castillo or McCann at this point. Because I think the I think what McCann was supposed to be is just a stopgap guy, and now that's looking like it's more of Wellington Castillo is the stopgap guy. But I I think. The front office is slow to change its mind on players, so I don't. I honestly, at this point, I'm I'm looking at. I'm not seeing him, Zach Collins up by the All Star break. I'm seeing it, him come up when the rosters expand. Okay, what is so? Let me ask you: If Wellington Castillo is not going to get DFA'd, what what are numbers that would get him DFA'd? Before I even ask, oh God, what what are numbers that would get him DFA'd? He'd have to be batting below. 115 batting below 115 Tell i'm me. telling you this is this is what the front office would have to see because the guy is barely batting 130 and he's getting playing time so what do you, i mean that's just the that's just the truth oh my god tom he's way below the mendoza line i i i see you do you know what the mendoza and line i is? raise you Yes, What's you got a bat. Oh, the Mendoza line is he had such good fielding that he no, like. No, no, it has nothing to do with fielding. It's batting. I know, but he was he stayed on the major league lineup because right, right. Do you know he had good averages? fielding. That's I don't what know. We're referring to. I don't know what his uh, career batting average two fif- is. Two fifteen. Two fifteen. He's batting one eighty six right now. On base percentage is three thirteen. Slugging is three fifty seven. Um, because he's getting these these odd home runs. But the reason why Mendoza always stayed in major league lineups was because, yes, his batting average was always league lowest or league low, right? But he stayed around because he could do stuff with the glove and he did stuff outside and he's, he's, the line. Castillo lines. doesn't do shit with the glove. <laughs> but he's out here giving tips to Jose Abreu. Oh, he's man, calling oh, good man. games for Ronaldo Lopez. Oh, God. Boycott beef. Bring in Zach. Please. All right. Well, I'm still, I'm not fully on the Welly bandwagon anymore, but. You're not a boycott beef yet. I'm not a boycott beef either, and he played a whale of a game yesterday night. So. Wow. (laughs) I can't get over it. All right. So once again, we're sitting here on Tuesday afternoon, May 14th, about 9.30 p.m., and we just, you know. Earlier this afternoon, Tom, we got done tracking another terrible outing by our boy, Manny Ban. 
Yeah, and it's just we're sitting in the aftermath of it, and we're looking at our four or five starters, Manny Ban and D. Covey. We just oh, – it's painful. It's to say the least. It's not fun. It's just not fun. It's painful. But we we look to White Sox Twitter, the the bright shining light that is White Sox Twitter. And solutions <laughs> are being brought up. It's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Which is not usually the case. But uh, we're especially in here. hours of despair. Yeah. No. Usually, it's usually in hours a lot of oh. a lot of whining and complaining. Yes. But here we are with uh, your boy Beef. Our buddy Beef Loaf. Who, yeah, we dearly love. He's a great guy. If you have a chance to meet him in Section 108, you certainly Solid should. Solid dude. Take the time to speak with him. Um, but yeah, at Mr. Delicious 13 brings up the fact that uh, he'd really like to see the White Sox use an opener in front of Banuelos and Covey. Because, let's be real, they could use it. One That means that would give you the opportunity, if you're using an opener every fifth day, or... You know, if you want to use the language that the White Sox organization likes to use, which is calling it a bullpen day, which they have done in the past, if I'm not mistaken. More or less. Like a quote-unquote bullpen day. I did. I know they did it uh, one start when um, Dylan Covey came out and pitched like two or three innings because Rodon, it was the start that Rodon got scratched from like the hour before. Last year, mm-hmm. when he went down on the DL, it was the DL at that time, so I can call it the DL. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he went was scratched late, and then they did a bullpen day, and it went okay, if I remember correctly. I think we still lost, but the point is, like, we've done it in the past. We could do it again, but would we ever do it again? So let's break that down. First question is what? Could we ever? Could we ever? Absolutely. Especially in this situation right now with now, you know, the news that we received officially yesterday afternoon that Carlos Rodon is Tommy John going to go under Tommy John. He's going to be out rest of the season, most of next, if not all of it. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, terrible news. And you're down your ace. You're down a you're down a significant starter. Somebody that you could basically rely on every five games. Um yeah, you're in a you're in a tight spot right now. You're in a situation where you're gonna you know, you pull Rodon out, so then you're going your number two is Giolito. <laughs> um or is he your one now, is what I mean? So is it gonna go <sighs> let's just say it's Giolito, Lopez. Nova, right? Honestly, those three are interchangeable where they're at. Like, uh, there is no one standout ace, no one yeah. stopgap guy that's going to break a losing streak. None of those guys stand out as consistency or any of that. And you add on Dylan Covey and Manny Benuelos. And that rounds out your starting five. Completely have, not com- have completely not proven anything. They've, you know, time and time again been inconsistent. Manny Benuelos has had a couple good starts this year. Dylan Covey had a couple good starts last year in September. All that being said, y- you need to find a solution. And yeah. Dylan Covey, if if you're going to be a respectable go- ball club this year, that is not your answer. No, no, absolutely not. And 
that's something that I uh, I heard the Rays uh, manager Cashman go on um, Baseball Tonight podcast and talk about it and say, you know what? It's just it's not a long term solution. If you are a good ball club with a good starting five, if you're the Astros, right? You don't use an opener because you got the best five starters in the league all on your team. That doesn't make sense to use an opener. But when you're a team who has a good one, two, three, and an okay four man, you I mean, look at a team like the Brewers. I mean, the Brewers are a perfect example. Yeah. Like, I mean, their their pitching rotation is not it's not built to be a five starter, you know, rotation. Yeah, they've got Shaysine. I don't even know who else. Broke shoulders. I mean that that's the thing. Like with you if you're an organization that's sitting here and you're like, okay, we have a decent pitching staff if you lump in your bullpen, but your four or five starters are going to lose you games if you stretch them and try to make them into starters, then why would you try which to stretch the, them into starters? Which is the exact problem that you're gonna run into with Dylan Covey and especially Manny Benuelos. Manny Benuelos has had most of his success in these short inning situations, right? He, yeah, he does Two great innings, as innings, a long reliever. Not as, yeah, long and reliever. I said this. He's Hector and I Santiago 2.0. I said this Hector in a former Santiago 2.0. Yes. Um, Amen to that. With that being said, it, your next question, Tom, is would we ever? Do you think we would ever do that? No. No. And I think I say that with a caveat. And tell me why. I Well, th- it's organizationally not like let's put it let's put it this way rick renteria went on the mic and said at, at the winter meetings coming into this season no we will not use this opener because we have a mindset that says not that other organizations are doing it poorly by using openers but we don't need it we won't use it it's different it's not us right but he said one of the reasons why they did that is because why they were what we had uh starters that could go out and make a difference in every ball game and they had five starters that they were confident in do you think we actually have five starters there do they do they think they have their five starters that they can be confident in every day i think they that's ridiculous to me i think they think that they're gonna stretch these guys until they break and then bring up other talent. But that's not the way to do it. That's just not the way to do it. You shouldn't leverage these guys and burn them out and stress them out and just destroy their confidence by trying to make them into starters, which they're not qualified to be. But guess what? Dylan Covey and your man Manny Ban. They're both qualified to be very steady, strong, long relief options. You got a guy who gets shelled in the first three innings. You bring in Manny Bannon, he gets you to the sixth inning, so you can turn it over to your setup uh, and setup and closer and left hand specialist. Mm. Yeah, but in the current state, and anyway, what I was saying with this caveat though is, I think what they may toy with is perhaps a Manny Ban going three innings, and then you slot in uh, guys going maybe Burr, 
Osich, Marshall, who's been good, Fry, Herrera, Colomay round it out. And that's that gets you your nine innings if you have Manny Band going three. And I think this is what they might start trying to do because that's one time through the lineup if all goes well, right? If all goes well. If that's all goes be well. a big thing, too, because you're – you're taxing your bullpen, too, and you're relying on your bullpen being deep. Um, I think the biggest... Which we're not that I deep. I think the biggest hesitation with going to this model is that our bullpen is not deep enough. I mean, are you really thinking that Burr, Osich, Marshall, Fry are going to be consistently decent in this kind of role? I... That's the biggest question mark, right? Well, that is the biggest question mark. And this means that on days that you're not doing this, on in on days that you're not doing a bullpen day, you need your starters to go mm. seven, mm-hmm. not just six, not five. Five is not going to do it. on, And that's going to be a problem with the starting three that we have. Because this is the way it works. Cause, and that's why it works so well for the Rays, because they've got uh, Blake Snell, and then they've got Glass now. Who's now injured. Oh, true. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they've got good starters in that in that rotation. For sure. They just don't have a five guy. And we are out here who we have good, okay, mediocre, average, top three starters, and then a four and a five starter that shouldn't be starters. So it's like we've got even more of a precarious situation than should be on a major league ball club, really. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, let's put it this way. We need Dylan Cease up here. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. The front office and, and whoever's making the decisions about who's coming up when need to quit screwing around with my emotions again. Yeah. Okay? My emotions are not only being screwed around by Wellington Castillo. That's one thing. It's another thing when Rick Hahn is toying with my emotions and who, uh, the whole – minor league development team in saying that Dylan Cease is not ready. Look at the statistics. Look at what he is doing down in triple A. Yeah, he's been roughed up once, twice, or, you know, had some off outings. The games he's on, he's on. He's absolutely dominating. Yeah. Especially in regards to to striking guys out, okay? He's going to have these control issues that I think over time he's going to learn how to iron out, okay? With that being said, it's time. What are you doing? He's not learning anything else down there. No. and He's ready to go. If you bring him up, that changes the conversation with with the opener, too. Because now you're saying you have a guy's one, two, three, four that you can count on for the most part. On on most days, you can count on these guys. And you only have to do this once every five games, not – Back-to-back games. No, or, no, or no, no. twice every five And that's games. how you burn out your bullpen and end up with the crappiest record in exactly. baseball. Exactly. But that's – and that's the point is we're saying if we have four starters that we can count on in Cease, Nova, Giolito, and Reynaldo Lopez. Quote-unquote count on. Count but on. Yeah, exactly. still developing. Quote-unquote count on. Then you have a bullpen day where you're featuring uh, Manny Ban, where you're featuring a Dylan Covey. And you can send Evan Marshall back or whoever. You send down one piece when you bring up uh, Cease. I understand that. But you still have a bullpen then that looks a little stronger now that you have Cease up there helping out and you're not forcing Covey and Manny Ban into starter roles. 
It's you're putting square pegs in round holes. The man, the guys are not starters. They're just not starters. And that's what you saw in Carson Fulmer, too. The man's not a starter. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, that being said, it's time to bring up Dylan Cease. Correct? Time to bring up Dylan Cease. We are there. We are there. There's no reason to milk it. I mean... Not like at this point. They talk about how they don't want to let the major league ball club woes dictate whether or not they're bringing guys up. But this isn't a rush situation. Yeah, this isn't a Luis Robert. This isn't a Nick Madrigal. This you have seen him progress mm-hmm. in the way that you, you know, even better than you could have even hoped. Yep. Yes, I know he started last year in Winston Salem. Right. And I'm sure that you want him to get his touches in AAA, just like you did Kopech. But he's progressing just as well, if not better, than Kopech was. Yeah. He's just not – there's not as much hype around it because he's not this flamethrower yeah. top 20 prospect to start off with. He's worked his way up yeah, big time. And to be honest with you, Dylan Cease, I, I, I know people are worried about his control – but he has the potential to be the best trade piece of this Quintana deal. He really does. Yeah, which would be a fascinating turn of events. Really. So, that being said, get oh. off your ass, front office. Do something about this. And it, whether that's Dylan Cease or somebody other than another reliever like Ross Detweiler out of free agency. Like yeah. It, it's got to be somebody to fill a starter role, period. End of discussion for me. And maybe we could see an opener at that point, too. I would like it. Once every five games, I'm cool with it. Can't do it for two guys. but Sub it out for your fifth starter. Mm -hmm. Makes it exciting. I'd go to the the ballpark to see it. Yep. The bullpen's got to get way more dominant, or they can only do this once a week. And I'm cool with it once a week. What would help make the bullpen more dominant? Maybe a fourth starter that's actually good. Maybe somebody with the name Dylan Cease. Front office. It's time. All right, Tom. So our time for this evening is coming to a close, sadly. Yes, it is. It's closing time. <laughs> oh, God. Got Steve on the mic over here. You already know. You're the real singer, though. Closing time. There it is. Any last thoughts for today's episode, Tom? Uh, we talked ourselves all over baseball. I feel good about it. We uh we went from openers, north side, south side. I mean, that's more than we usually cover. It's true. It was a pretty broad episode. Yeah, we even we even hit the Astros and the Rays a little bit. A little bit. You mentioned them. You didn't. We hit talked on the them. Blue Jays. We talked the Indians a little bit for a touch. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We might be getting some some Twins perspective next episode too. Ooh, a little teaser out there. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed. So, all that being said, Tom, let's do this. Rebuild or bust. In Han we trust. Have a great one, everybody. (laughs) 